0: Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the sleeper comedy hit that sput off several successful projects, except the live action TV show. That was most heinous. Join us as we take this podcast back in time and wind up inside the idiot box. Hello again, and welcome back to Inside the Idiot Box. It's a podcast where four jerks watch TV shows that nobody's seen in a long time, and we make fun of them. Because we have nothing better to do with our lives. We are joined today, as always, with Jeff Griffith. Party on! Josh Barker. Yeah! Scott Berkland. How's it going, audience dudes? I'm Dennis Satterfield. Uh, I don't have... Was I going to do an impression too? I didn't. I didn't come up with an impression. Um. So yes, we uh we watched the uh the TV show Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures based on uh, the movie, so that's why we were doing our Bill and Ted impressions just now. Um. But before we get on with the show, got another penalty box moment here. Oh no! And uh, oh, yes. Josh, yeah, Josh, oh, boy. this is your call out. So. What is it? Yeah, this is the
1: this is the drama that the the listeners tune in for.
0: Yep. Uh,
1: yeah, you had a little bit of a, of a miscalculation on the release date of a movie. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. You're damn right, you did.
2: God damn it. And and I think you were kind of a dick about
0: it. Well, if I hey.
2: it. yeah.
0: <laughs> Total dick, bro. So what are we talking about? Yes. Okay, we were talking. We okay. So at the end of last week's episode there was a scene
2: well here let me let me just play it for you but that that particular theme would not have been revealed to the world yet so
3: uh it would it was in the uh the first motion picture star trek uh, motion picture. Uh, oh well so, so, so that's 79 i think if 80. i remember correctly oh okay it was 80 dude come on
2: uh no it's it, 80 it's not it's right 80. that's me. not right <laughs> god damn it
0: i out jeff jeff <laughs>
2: So yeah, I I, you were uh, a dick, and this I is about me.
3: I'm <laughs> the person that's been abused. This is that's unacceptable. Frequent, frequently,
2: the abused forget these things, Jeff. So this this all makes sense. This is unacceptable. You're I'm usually, usually the, the asshole. Ab- There's you're only usually. room for one asshole in this podcast. It's me. I know. You'll I was remember muscling. it really well, like 30 years from now.
0: <laughs> um. So yes, uh, Star Trek. The motion picture came out in 1979, not 1980.
3: And I'm a Trek guy, so I know my Trek. And I just I I guess I was just feeling very generous that day for not yelling and screaming at you
0: for being wrong. But I think it was just because the podcast was so goddamn long. You were agreeable (laughs) because you wanted it to be over with. You didn't want to fight.
1: I mean, also, it came out in December of 1979. So you were close.
0: Well, OK, so do I not get a penalty box for that? No, or, oh, you for sure get the penalty box. Oh,
1: God damn it.
0: Yeah, All right.
3: No. Uh, the penalty is you're wrong. That's part of the penalty. And the other part of the penalty is you were a huge asshole about it. So, OK, so it really it kind of combines into a
2: full penalty.
0: Two wrongs make a wrong. Is yeah. what You're saying. All right.
2: Yeah. I think there's a more painful penalty we could issue, which is uh, go back and watch Star Trek, the motion picture. Yeah. Man. What you can probably pick it up where you left off. I think Leonard Nimoy is still flying (laughs) towards the anomaly slowly in his spacesuit. From what I recall about that film, that yeah, the Criterion I think is eight (sighs) hours of just Leonard Nimoy flying flying towards the anomaly very slowly. God damn it! All right, Um,
0: all right. Well, I will watch. Star Trek. I'll
3: watch it with you because I love the I love Star
0: Trek. And well, I, I don't, seems I like, don't mind that movie. That seems like more punishment than I'm due. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Are you, is that cruel and unusual by adding me? <laughs> yes. <into the>
0: mix? <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Anyways, all right, let's move on. So uh, this week, like I mentioned, we watched an episode of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Jeff, why don't you tell us about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures?
3: Well, let me start off by giving a, I forgot the word, expose. Ooh, an expose? (laughs) On the entire franchise. Oh, this is getting good. Yeah. The Bill and Ted franchise is totally epic. It had three films, a cartoon, a TV show, which we're doing today, comics, video games, cereal, and yes, even a bi-coastal theme park show. It all started in 1989 with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. A modestly budgeted movie with about two metalhead slackers, Bill S. Preston, Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan, who are destined to become the inspiration of a future utopian society based on their band, The Wild Stallions, music and philosophy of partying on and being excellent to each other. This future society has perfected time travel, which is very convenient, as it turns out, Bill and Ted's future and therefore the existence of this utopia are in peril because Bill and Ted are about to do something that puts the future in peril. They travel through time in a time machine that looks like a phone booth from 1989 and fix everything, thus pretty much outlining the plot of every other Bill and Ted's adventure. The live action TV series, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, recast everyone and ran for one season with seven episodes and one unaired pilot. And there's talk about a fourth film on the way in which we probably find out the future of the perfect society is in peril and we got a time travel to fix something Bill and Ted did or are going to do.
2: So this uh, series actually tagged out the animated show, uh, which was just going off the air and uh, was actually held uh, from airing because uh, Bogus Journey was still in theaters Mm. and they were waiting for that to wrap up its box office. So I feel like, and you see this throughout the series and you even see it a little bit in the intro, um, they missed their time window a little bit on this one, ironically. They, I remember when Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the movie from '89, came out.
3: It was borderline, really, like almost like an art house release because it was fairly low budget, but it just was firing on all four cylinders. But it was this weird, quirky little film that nobody knew what to do with. That just sort of found its snuck its way into like massive popularity.
2: Well, and you could have those sort of high concept. um, I don't know if they were low budget per se, but lower budget uh films like this or Real Genius that, you know, really caught you off guard. And back then as a kid, I don't know about you guys, but it was like, you know, something looked interesting just in the title and you went to see it. And, you know, yeah. you discovered a lot of stuff like like Bill and Ted. And and I think that was the secret to a success was it kind of came in under the radar and nobody knew what to expect. And you're like, that's a pretty funny film.
3: Well I was I'm from Washington State. So I had no idea what the circle K was, but it became part of like my lexicon and it would be like amongst my friends, we'd go the circle K. We had no (laughs) idea what that strange
2: things are afoot. Yes. Circle K.
0: (laughs) It was, uh, it was written by and created by Ed Solomon and uh, Richard, uh, pardon me, uh, Chris Matheson, son of author Richard Matheson. You guys know what he did, right? Yeah. Famous
2: sci-fi writer. Yes. And, and, we, uh, and uh, responsible for a lot of Twilight Zone.
0: Yes. And uh, uh, anyways, Chris Matheson, Ed Solomon, super uh, funny
2: guys. Uh, and they made a pretty super funny movie. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of based out of uh, impressions that they used to do um, amongst themselves over uh, sort of valley kids. And, yeah. and what they would encounter uh, around the San Fernando Valley. That's crazy. I had no idea about any of that.
0: Yeah. Wrote a script based on on that i think they did it on stage i think there were and yeah, you know, yeah
2: i th- believe they did it as part of like uh like improv comedy yeah um and then sort of when they were you know uh, casting for the films had to sort of act it out for people i mean say what you will about how silly of a, a
0: movie and how kind of dorky it was and whatever probably people didn't think too much of it um the folks that came out of that are, are very talented Keanu Reeves, very talented. He's a huge movie star now. Uh, Alex Winter, who's very, very talented. He's a great actor, I I think. And he he was a child actor for many, many years. Yeah. um, And now is a very accomplished uh, director and documentarian, right? Yes. Yep.
2: Um, Yeah, including uh, uh, two very recent, very good ones, uh, Zappa and Showbiz Kids. Showbiz Kids is awesome.
0: I haven't seen Zappa yet, but Showbiz Kids was awesome. Um, So good on him for that. And then, you know, we know Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon and, and not to, before I forget, Ed Solomon was a writer on one of my favorite shows of all time. It's Gary Shanling show back in, uh, back in the late eighties. Such
2: a beautiful show.
0: That's amazing. So they created this really fun and interesting movie kind of silly or whatever, but really a part of popular culture. And then Some other people took that idea and made a really shitty TV show out of it. So,
4: (laughs) you know, that,
3: you know, (laughs) I think uh, uh, I mean, they were serial for fuck's sake. I think it was one of the not not the only, but it seemed like in this sort of modern era, this early version of this this little project that nobody really thought would go anywhere and a modestly budgeted, you know, production that just blew the fuck up. Yeah. And I I think it just kind of like They were chasing that that boulder down the hill and inevitably had to you're going to come to because the cartoon, I understand, was was good. It actually had all the voice actors, uh, everybody that was voice acting was from the from the movie. Yeah, uh, for the most part. And uh, and it was well received, you know, so you're eventually going to, you know, I don't know if the serial was bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. Um, So before we get into the show, did you guys see Bill and Ted face the music? Yes. No, you've not seen it yet. I saw I it. know I haven't. And it. I was really
3: actually intending to watch the Zappa documentary and Bill and Ted's before we got I to this podcast. I you
2: all so I much know. for not having I am, watched Zappa. I am I I'm a super
3: asshole. I'm a big Zappa fan. I have the uh, DVD uh, now, but I'm just, and I also rented it on Amazon. I just haven't had the time to like.
2: And Showbiz Kids, if you haven't seen it, is equally as good and well worth are Yes. Talking. It is very good. Oh, and not to
0: get off track here, but um, I also recently watched the uh, the documentary Kid '90. That yeah, so Fry did. It was awesome. It was really good. So, for how weird that one episode of Punky Brewster was, um, <laughs> you wouldn't have uh, assumed that something so uh, prolific and, and amazing would would uh, <laughs> would come out of the the same person that was uh, associated with that. <laughs> Freaking strange show that we watched, but uh, it was really, really good. And she's awesome. And uh, anything bad I said about that show has nothing to do with the <laughs> Lay Moon Fry or uh, anybody. When she's
2: you watched
0: associated it,
3: with. did you go? Oh, <laughs> Other than that kid, Alan, I think we were pretty generous with all
0: the actors. That's on there. true. That's true. <laughs> Let's get back on track. What do we think about Face the Music?
2: I liked it, but I think some of that like maybe that it it plays very much into the age issues and you know the thing that everybody goes through if you get to a certain age and you go okay i'm not sort of doing what i thought i was going to do when i was younger and you know they play around with that a lot and i i actually thought as a result it had um more depth and heart maybe than it did comedy if that makes sense
0: yeah yeah i can see that what did you think uh joshua
2: uh, I, I, liked it. Uh, yeah.
1: it was, you know, it was an uplifting kind of story in a, in a time when we all kind of needed one, I think. That's a good point. Um, so I think, uh, that made it more enjoyable, but it was, yeah, I agree with Scott on, you know, the age thing. It was kind of, kind of weird, but, uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it
2: overall. It was okay. Yeah.
0: I didn't know what to expect. I was hoping it wasn't going to be bad, right? I expected yeah. there, be, there would be a potential that it would just be kind of like, oh yeah, these guys can't pull it off anymore and the story isn't going to be great. And it's, it's, um, but I didn't find that. I found that it was a fun movie, just like the first one was a fun movie. Uh, both actors did a great job doing those characters. And, uh, that was that.
2: What I did think was interesting is, you know, you've got Keanu who, you know, has continued to act obviously, and has, you know, done John mm -hmm. Wick and all these other amazing things. And, comparing the two of them. I thought winter killed it. He did winter was, (laughs) it was literally like not a day had gone by. Um, you know, other than obviously just seeing, you know, the age on his face and stuff. But it seemed like maybe Keanu had to work a little bit more for it.
0: Maybe. And maybe that's just us. Maybe it's because we've seen him in so many other things
2: since the last bill and Ted movie, it was hard for us to connect. Yeah, Yeah, it could be because yeah, you've, you've learned him as another person, sort of. Yeah, but with
0: Alex Winter, since he hasn't, you know, been in our face over the last yeah. 25 years, it may be easier to connect him to that character. But I will say this, give him all the credit that he's due. He's still, he's able to rock that character in a 50-year-old body. He really not is. Not like, he's not doing the same performance. He's doing if Bill was 50, and yeah. he's nailing it. He's yeah. He's really, really good at it, so good on uh, alex winter i'd love to see him do more uh more in front of the camera stuff but
2: uh anyway lost
3: boys need to w- do another lost boys oh boy oh boy
2: <laughs> uh, i think his character
1: was killed in the lost boys wasn't he
2: it well yeah. he was
1: oh spo- sorry spoiler alert for uh, lost boys. <laughs>
3: damn it josh <laughs> It takes two seconds to say
2: it. (laughs) And then the the big bad is killed by Mr. Merlin at the end. See, it all all, ties together in a, a
0: did we ever mention that he played Dumont and Tron? I just want to make sure
2: that we cover that in this podcast. (laughs) Alex Winter played Dumont and Tron. I don't remember. Interesting.
3: Interesting.
0: Um, okay. So the episode of Bill and Ted's excellent adventures that we watched is called. It's a totally wonderful life. Jeff. Tell us about It's a Totally Wonderful Life. Uh, this,
3: a total, it's, and I want to always say every time they, I, I read the title, It's a Totally Wonderful Life. I want to say Dude, because it just seems like it's missing that piece. But originally aired in July 12th, 1992. Uh, perhaps not a shock to you, this episode hinges on the idea that something Bill and Ted did or are going to do messes up the future and they got to time travel to fix it.
0: So it's basically the same premises of the first movie, but just dumber. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it's probably the same premise as the cereal <laughs> <laughs> Just dumber
0: <laughs> uh, You guys want to hear the intro to the Bill and Ted Excellent Adventures TV show?
4: Oh yeah, oh, here it totally is. <laughs>
2: This is the future, San Dimas, California, 2692 A most excellent society based on the philosophy of the two great ones Bill and Ted and the music of their band, the Wild Stallions My job is to provide the two great ones with the Circuits of Time phone booth, allowing them to travel through time, keeping them on their correct path, a path they must follow to ensure the future of our most excellent society,
1: a society based on the philosophy and lessons learned during Bill and Ted's
0: Excellent (laughs) Adventures.
2: So two things. A, I love the heart-to-heart intro. You're just sort of waiting for him to go and when Bill and Ted met.
4: It was Moida.
2: but there's something I I caught in there when you played it that I didn't catch um, when I was watching the episode, which is is there a really bad audio cut in there? Yeah, the last no, look like that last Like the no, last I did 40? that. I did. Oh, yeah, that. okay. Dennis, I are you that. really inept at putting these together? Like when you- I am, <laughs> I did that because because
0: it plays more music, really bad, Oh, uh, okay, <laughs> really bad guitar <laughs> stuff.
2: So I That's just funny. I just faded it together. So, so the moral is, don't hire Dennis to do your heart to heart style uh, no. TV show intro. That's Ted. He's my boss. Ah,
0: <laughs> uh, okay. So <laughs> that was uh, one of those intros that sort of sets up what the show is. And it was set up by uh, the character of Rufus, who in this iteration of Bill and Ted is played by comedian Rick Overton, and he's great. Love Rick Overton. If you guys are familiar, and with who him. played who plays Rufus in the movies? Another great stand-up comic, George Carlin. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and Overton, I you know you nailed it, Dennis. Like he was sort of a contemporary of Robin Williams, and really good right. friends with him. Yeah. Really, really funny dude. And you can't quite tell throughout the whole episode, like he's kind of trying to do Carlin a little bit, but it's sort of a half-assed Carlin. Like, yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I, I'd love to hear, or maybe I wouldn't love to hear it, but I'd love to uh, hear, I'm going to say it now. I would love to hear him <laughs> talk about uh, his time as uh, TV Rufus. Because I'd be interested to see it. Was he trying to do his own thing with it, or was he trying to do an homage to uh, George Carlin? Did you well, can't, right? Like as yeah, Overton's a stand-up comic, and like other than Richard Pryor, Carlin is like the the number one stand-up comic of all time, right? For a lot of people, and I think I think it would probably,
2: probably. you know well. Are him. we forgetting Gallagher? Because yeah. fuck you, that's boy. right.
0: <laughs> uh, how can you forget Gallagher?
2: But yeah, it's <laughs> probably exacerbated by the fact that you've got Evan Richards and Chris Kennedy who were doing Bill and Ted and they're really punching the impression. But yeah, I, I don't yeah. know what else you do. Like there's such I, distinctive I characters that it's like, yeah. you know, unless you go uh, – uh, if our listeners will remember the uh, the Dukes of Hazard episode, unless you go the Coy and Vance route where you're like, it's these two separate kids that Rufus right. reaches out to like, yeah. what else are you going to do? But it just makes it all the more odd that the whole time you're like, is Overton doing a Carlin? He kind of is, but he's kind of not. I, I can kind of see him just
3: like doing a, an impression of the character as written, like he's a stuffy, like sort of like, but in awe of these guys. You know, he's like a future society utopian like citizen. Well, and that's about it, with a little bit of like maybe some peppering in or seasoning yeah. Well, and
2: and you got to remember know. too, if you go back and watch the the films, Rufus is not a prominent character. He's he kind of sets things up and then he takes off. So. You, yeah, they couldn't you, afford You <laughs> never get like Rick Overton has to have these moments of being, you know, in peril or in pain or whatever the moment is, right. which is all stuff that Carlin never had to do. You know, it's just yeah, like be point. cool and aloof and and kick things off for Bill and Ted, and then he's gone. I kind of initially felt like, well, he's not doing a very good
0: job of being this character, but then again, he has more screen time in this episode as the character of Rufus than Carlin did in both movies.
2: Yeah. He's, he's almost
0: the lead. Yeah. He, in this episode, he definitely is the lead. You see, you see more of him than, than you do of Bill and Ted. Um, so I don't know. Uh, would love to give him credit for making it his own kind of thing. Um, I don't think he was doing a Carlin impression. I think he was trying to, to, you know, maybe more to, to Jeff's point, his take on that character. But he didn't have much of a roadmap to uh to follow based on on Carlin's performance. That's for sure.
3: I think it's okay for for Rufus, the character, to not be like Carlin, where Bill and Ted is they're screwed. They right. are ha- Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah. um and I hate them for it, but whatever. <laughs> It's
2: so tough because like as I was watching it, it, I was thinking, you know, your agent calls and they're like, I got this lead role for you, and it's like, you know, what do you do? You take it. Yeah, and hope you, for the you best. put on the bad page boy wig <laughs> and you hope for the best. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> Act one. Rufus, the dude from the future that helps with Bill and Ted's time travels, appears to be drug tripping as he's served chicken Kiev in a smoky dark nether region. He sees Bill and Ted dressed in Bavarian Lederhosen and playing accordions and wakes up frantic and sweating from his nightmare. He then arrives in the phone booth to meet the three most important people in the world, the apparent rulers of this most excellent utopia, and tells them of this nightmare slash premonition and the threat to their society. They're skeptical, but approve his time travel to the past.
2: Incidentally, I've been described as having a smoky dark nether region. (laughs) FYI. (laughs) <laughs> and tastes just like Chicken Kiev. Right. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I appear to be drug tripping. <laughs> um, what? He was probably freaking. So he was having a weird nightmare, right? That yes. was what this was. It this was, was, was all
3: a lead up. So it's just this funky, very, you know, fish fisheye lens kind of like thing going on where you're just like, oh, this is not, you get, you get the impression things are not normal, but right. you don't exactly know what's happening. But you're 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 kind of hinted at that you're watching a dream sequence, but.
0: He, so that's what it is. It's a, it's a dream. So he wakes up from this dream and he says, "Okay, I gotta, I gotta. Something weird is happening. I gotta go talk to Bill and Ted." So he yeah. gets in his car and he drives down no, the street. No, 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 no. What to go visit the most important people? He's got to.
3: No, no, he's got to talk to him. So he. Well, like no, he, has he has takes the bus. Oh, what? He, he does not take the bus. No. What does he, he, he do? Time machine.
2: <laughs> he takes the
3: <laughs> he time machine. He gets in machine. the phone
4: booth
2: time machine, which also. Can be used just like a car, apparently. So, what I don't know is where he's at. I don't know when he's at. It's
3: possible he's not from the future. That's, I was wondering the same
2: thing. Like, where, like, is that bed that he's lying in when he wakes up, like, beyond space and time? So, he's got to hop in the phone booth, or is the phone booth in the future literally like a car as well? It can take you to wherever you need to go. Like, yeah, I got to. And a drive down to the Walgreens. I'm going to hop in the phone booth.
3: <laughs> but it's space. I mean, if we want to get Einsteinian, he's it's space and time. So maybe if he wants to move from you know t- twelve blocks over to here, he can use the so-called time machine. It goes just up by. ways
2: and sideways and slantways.
3: Right. <laughs> um. The three most important people in the world are only known as the three most important people in the world. If you look on Wikipedia or IMDb, yep. they're not actually understood or introduced in any way, shape or form. But they are <laughs> they exist in the original movie. And they're just these kind of three people who are sitting on these high like chairs. And and that's it. But you get you get an, an implication of who but they are. But at least, you know, being. the
2: lead one is important because it's Clarence Clemens, right? The big man And the E Street Band. Wait, was it? I what? actually I don't think it was Clarence Clemens. I,
3: well, I think in the movie it is. Yeah, but and then it's just some right, dude. Yeah, some. Yes,
0: guy. it was Clarence Clemens in the, in the movie, and in the uh, the TV show, it was a guy
2: by the name of Clemens Clarence, <laughs> who conveniently was not touring with Springsteen at the time So He was were not able to pull him. It's really
0: rough. He's like, I would like to be.
2: He uh, he does not play the saxophone. He plays uh, French horn.
0: Yes. Well, in the <laughs> exactly. in the original
3: movie, in the, the three band. most
0: important people the are
3: F Street
1: band. <laughs> He's in the F Street band. <laughs> yeah, he plays French horn in the F Street band.
2: He was backup for Bryce <laughs> Springsteen. <think>. Yes.
0: Bryce <laughs> Springsteen.
2: Hello, I'm Clemens Clarence. I play French horn in the F Street band with Bryce
3: Springsteen. Bryce
0: Springsteen. <laughs>
3: <Bryce laughs> <Brongstein>. Wow. <laughs> Ah, oh, so the three most important people in the original film were actually connected to music.
2: Well, I don't know who I don't know. Who I don't was, either. But I, the other I two read people, enough to some, know that Martha Davis, uncredited as one of the three most important people. <laughs> Fee Waybill from The Tubes. Thank you. As one of the three most. Oh. Important people. And Mar- Martha Davis from The Motels, I believe. Yeah. So I knew that they were all musically
3: connected. I just couldn't remember because, you know, that's bitching. And then in the, this, this is the, the second, kind of
2: real time work that we do for you, the listener. And then in the second one, uh, uh it
1: was uh, Jim Martin from faith. No more
2: Jim Martin from faith. No more <laughs> yes. was in it. And, uh, Taj Mahal played yeah. St. Peter. So and way fee bill fee, way bills, <laughs> evil brother. <laughs> You're going to have to pay the fee way bill. <laughs> don't pay the fee way bill until he gets you to the other side
3: so he was having a nightmare in part because of his complete disgust of chicken kiev like what the fuck did chicken kiev ever do to anybody that he's got to be so pissy about
0: chicken kiev he was very upset and this this the chicken kiev comes back so many times yeah boy in is this it a episode, runner
2: in this episode. which i
0: don't understand why it's funny so have you guys ever had chicken kiev
2: Probably. Yeah, probably. It, it it's yeah, good. Know. It it's it's a uh it's a it's very not, um the chicken in like event bed. hall meal. Yeah. Like you know, the you like the chicken or the fish kind of thing.
0: Oh here, I'll have the chicken. It's the chicken Kiev and it's they make uh three hundred of them. Yes. Uh, at the at the caterer off site yeah, and they just on bring a big in their warming plate. A
3: gravy stuffed chicken breast or something. Right. So
0: it's whatever. But uh, in your recollection
2: of eating chicken Kiev, was it ever funny or scary or it was neither funny nor offensive from my recollections? Well, I also
3: didn't find it so disgusting that it was like something worth, you know, being having a nightmare over. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: Maybe that's why they use it because it was so inoffensive that it became offensive. I don't know. I'm going to uh, move on to act two. Do it. Act two, back in 1992,
3: San Dimas at Nail World, where Bill and Ted work. (laughs) Home of the Nail. Ted's dad, yeah, right. Ted's dad shows up to get some plaques engraved for the policeman's banquet. Even though he's totally scored the Policeman of the Year award, Ted's dad is upset because they're serving chicken Kiev. Dun, dun, dun. Rufus arrives and thinks he's figured out his premonition. Those plaques have to be engraved and ready for tonight. In a near miss, Rufus catches that Ted's dad's name has been left off the order and fills it in. I'm sure this will fix everything, and we can just roll credits, right?
0: No, that did not fix yeah, everything. That didn't.
2: What? Well, that's
0: only the first ten minutes of this episode, so unless, oh,
2: yeah. So Nail World appears yeah. to have, uh, you know, nails. As, as, as the name would imply, and tools. Oh, there's, and,
0: there's that, yes. You know,
2: you see there's a big display of paint on the back wall, and, and they also engrave plaques.
0: No, it, so a different guy shows up to pick up the plaques.
2: Oh, I don't okay. think they I do. I was missing that. I, I thought it so was. Well, I just assume he worked in the back room. Where they, oh, is that you know, what it was? Where they engrave stuff.
0: Does it make more sense for them to sell nails, paint, and engrave plaques or does it make more sense for them to sell nails paint and be the place where you drop off your plaques to have somebody pick them up to be engraved what makes more sense
3: i agree Your yeah your first one makes more sense
1: if it's called nail world it should be a nail salon right yeah that's that's what what i thought
0: it was yeah me too when you first see outside the the establishing shot it says nail world on (laughs) in the strip mall and i yeah i thought it was going to be like you know
2: in case there was any confusion about where they were, Nail one, World. Sub. One of those places where you get your nails done. We do plaques. So, what's that called? Nail Salon. Uh, Captain, <laughs> uh, Captain Logan in this. Detective
0: scene, Logan. Detective, it's Detective yes, Logan. So, sorry, Detective yeah.
2: Logan. You mean the father? Yes. Did I promote him or did I demote him? I I don't know these things. I don't know how those things work. Um, I just say Ted's dad. Yes, exactly. Ted's dad. So this actor is like one of the only ones that is playing a, you know, a a fairly well-defined character who appears to just go, I'm not doing an impression. I'm just going to do like my own thing. And, you know, it's it's played in the movies by Hal Landon Jr. who, you know is one of those actors that you see him and you go, I've seen this dude in like a million things. He's in a racer yep. He's in all the Bill and Ted films. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting that, that, that actor just kind of goes, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Um, there's an actor he, named Matt he, Landers, who is like, he is like right up there as the king of like, he's in everything in the eighties. He's in Die Hard. He's in ah. Brewster's Millions. He's in Forty Eight Hours, Commando. Like he's in a ton of stuff. And oh, 80s. that's he that's
0: was a- the he was the
2: guy that told the other guy to shut down the power grid in Die Hard. Is is he that? Or I thought in Die Hard he's the one when they do the <laughs> assault, right? When they deploy the uh, the vehicle, I think he's the one outside as they're trying to storm the building. I thought he was the guy with the beard that said "booby." No, <laughs> what? You look up his IMDb, you know, bio, and, and dude's in, like, everything in the 80s. Can we assume he's alive? Uh, Jeff? Yeah? Where is he now? Sadly, Come as of on, March no. 12, 2015, Matt Landers died. Oh, Jesus Christ. 1952 to 2015. That's, he's young. He was young. Not anymore. more? 662. <laughs> well, he's forever young now. But yeah, he has that kind of uh oh god, what is the I the other guy in Die Hard that eats the candy bar who's in like friggin' everything in the eighties. He's yeah. in the abyss. He's like Yeah, yeah. He's a bigger career Al, Al, than most actors. Al, Al Leon, Al yeah.
0: Al Leong, who was Genghis Khan yep. in the original Bill and
2: Ted. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and bringing it, it back. It all effin comes full circle.
0: <laughs> so my brother my brother and I have a name for him. We have a name because we didn't know what his name was. And we, when we decided uh, to, to make mention of him to each other, we just call him the guy that is in every movie. <laughs> and we both know who that is. It's Al Young. Yeah, it's pretty
3: damn accurate. I mean,
0: my God. And he was a stunt guy too, right? Is that why? I think yeah. he's a, yes. he, he does stunts. That's why he does on camera and uh, stunt work. So he'll do acting and he'll do stunt work. And he was awesome. Yeah. Let's get him on the podcast. Oh, my God. I, mean, I would is- lose my mind to have Elion. <laughs> he's got that skullet. He's got the, the <laughs> receding hairline with the long well, hair. What,
2: it, it, we need a contrary uh, to sadly. We need like a happily. Elion <laughs> is still alive. Oh, yeah. He's still kicking it. Right. <laughs> yeah like, yes. i don't know if you guys He is
4: born in 52 people. and
2: he is still around i'm he's, just saying he's i don't in... know if you
3: you guys actually have the control over life and death with that music like i will just say is that person still alive oh. and then i'll hear the music and i was like holy shit
2: we so we might need one to ward ward off death is what you're saying i'm just yeah I he know. did Ali Yong did like 24 he was in he did stunt work in deadwood he's got stuff in his bio as recently as 2020 we definitely need to get him on the podcast because I have tango and cash questions. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: so, at, you know, another thing at the beginning of this scene, you know, we get the infamous, uh, I am bill S. Preston Esquire. And I am Ted Theodore Logan. And they're like looking right at the camera. Who are they performing for? And right. Like <laughs> right. I thought the camera was going to pull back and like somebody was going to be filming them with one of those big, you know, Marty McFly VHS. Camcorders right. And- Yeah, Uh, but no, they're just they're performing for somebody invisible. I guess that's what they do. If you
0: don't know what we're talking about, I'll play the clip. I think Josh, you called this "Mild Stallions." (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) I'm Bill S. Preston Esquire. (laughs) I am Ted Theodore Logan, and together we are Wild Stallions.
3: All right. There's not even the the overdub of the sound effect of them playing guitars. That's true. It's just silent as they're like pretending to play guitars, but you don't hear the makes it very sad. Very sad.
2: This is also the first scene in which I think you're able to uh, see that Rick Overton has all the height of George Carlin, who was a very tall dude, but none of the skinny gangliness that <laughs> yeah. Carlin has. He's he's, uh, he's, a, uh, he's he's not fat. He's big. He's a big dude. He's a big man. He thinks he's a big man. Big man on campus. He's a big wheel down at the Cracker Factory. <laughs> All right. So these guys,
0: obviously, they're not Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. It's I actually mean, quite
2: jarring. Like, because
0: these, right.
1: these, they're so associated with these characters, it's impossible for anyone else to play them and, and to be believable in it,
0: in the role. Exactly. It it almost looks like I mean, nowadays we would call it cosplay, but it looks yeah. like they're they're doing imp- they did an impression, like they're doing they're trying to do the voices and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and and okay, kind of. They kind of have the spirit of Bill and Ted there.
2: Yeah. But there, they, you nailed it at the beginning, Jeff. They're the theme park. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, Bill they and look and like Ted's. the theme park,
2: but they do not look like them. No, Ted Ted looked
1: like uh like uh Chris Klein in a or The Explorer wig. <laughs>
4: <laughs> to he a does. Picture. He does.
0: <laughs> that wig is so like wait why do i know chris klein then chris klein from uh, american beauty yeah he was the yes. he was like the, the the jock kid <laughs> yeah with the dark oh, hair yeah he looks oh, like my. young kevin bacon in a linda hunt yeah. wig
2: <laughs> young kevin bacon in a linda or hunt wig. conversely young linda hunt in a kevin bacon wig <laughs> yeah weirdly
0: the hair is so bad. It's a wig. It's right? terrible. He did, he oh, not. Yeah. It's okay. I, I don't have good wigdar, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm bad at it. Like, um, it doesn't
1: even resemble Keanu
0: Reeves' hair from the film.
1: It looks... It, it, no. Yeah, no.
0: Well, and then for the audience, just so that we're fair, uh, Josh, what does Bill look like? Uh, he looks... Not, he doesn't look like Alex Winter. He,
1: he looks kind of like, uh, almost like Corey Haim, really. <laughs> I thought it was Corey Haim. Yeah.
2: He wasn't doing anything. Corey Haim. In the way and so in wait, the either
1: way... Wait, wait, where's Corey
3: Haim? Uh, oh. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. Damn.
0: How did he die? How did he pass away? Was he... Corey? It, yeah. Drug. Drug go Oh, I gosh. See. Was it a drug thing? Okay. Drug thing. <laughs>
2: I thought, a, I thought a, a vampire got him.
0: Alright, so... Killed um, by Al Leong. Oh, no! Al Leong's a vampire?
2: Ate <laughs> <laughs> a candy but, bar and killed him.
0: But Corey Haim and Alex Winter were <laughs> he ate a candy bar. He thought he was a Snickers. Or what was it? It wasn't a Snickers. What did he eat in that movie? It's a Milky Way, isn't it? Milky Way. I'm confused. Oh, sorry. The, the, the audience has it's a Milky Way. <laughs> no way. No Milky Way. Yes, Milky Way. What? Um, Corey Haim and Alex Winter, of course, together in the vampire movie. In vampire movie, that's what they were in. Fuck you. Fuck, Fuck you. you. You always you don't know what things are called. I you know. Google. That's live why Google I'm Google stuff. The
2: asshole. In vampire movie. <laughs> Children of all ages enjoy vampire movie. It's Lost Boys, by the way, but it's Lost
3: Boys,
4: thank you. They are went you to sure? see it at Mall. <laughs> Starring <But yes>. actor.
3: <laughs> The movie poster is just like like that generic beer. It'll just be a white background that says just movie in black letters.
0: Oh, 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 all right. So that uh, if you haven't seen the show and if you have no uh, intention of seeing the show, now you kind of understand uh, Bill what Bill and Ted in this version look like.
3: Yeah, it's you. You you don't even have to watch the show. You have it no. completely.
0: Now you get
1: it. Ted looks like a paint mascot. <laughs>
0: Dutch
4: boy. Dutch boy. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hang time on that one.
0: <laughs> in my mind, anyway, I was like, oh, God, I got to do some math here. Hang on.
1: Like hang time as in like Jordan from the free throw line. Good or like Space
4: Jam. <laughs> <We're talking laughs> yeah. here.
0: Or... or the football in the air before the guy caught it. It was me. I was I was. Uh, yeah. All right. So act three. Act three. Arriving back in the year 2688.
3: Rufus finds things to be most unpleasant and he's immediately arrested. (laughs) Seriously? sorry. Who am I competing with, Dennis?
0: Uh, The white dog, sorry. Dennis, does
1: your dog have opinions about this show?
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, She thinks it was really rough to watch it.
3: Oh, Oh, boy. Is her favorite character Rufus? (laughs) (laughs) Was she licking her butthole?
0: (laughs) That's not a
4: joke. That wasn't
3: a
0: take on anything.
4: I know. I Act three. I didn't say that
0: in the episode. <laughs> I don't. I'm going through the notes, and I don't see the licking the butthole <laughs> reference anywhere.
2: Just jealous. you said that. Who's on the cutting room floor? <laughs> Act three. Act three.
0: Arriving back in the year
3: 2688, Rufus finds things to be most unpleasant as he's immediately arrested for illegal time travel. He's thrown into a force fielded futuristic cell block where he meets Rector. A guy in the resistance and has served prison food of, you guessed it, Chicken Kiev. Mm-hmm. Just then, Rufus realized that he wrote Chicken Kiev on the plaque for the policeman of the year. Most bogus. Rector tells of his plans to bust out and they eat their Kiev chicken and wait.
0: So I don't know if we hit that on the head earlier on. Rufus catches that Ted's dad's name has been left off. He fills it in, but as he's doing it, in his mind, he's still thinking. Chicken Kiev.
3: Yeah, and to be fair, you know, they don't say anything. They just have it, it earlier. You know, he's filling it in saying, oh, this was a near miss. I, uh, this almost got left off. So he writes something right. in, but we don't know that he wrote in Chicken Kiev.
0: Until he pulls the receipt out of his pocket for some reason. And it says Chicken Kiev on it.
3: Yeah, here in the jail, in future jail. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I'm kind of like thinking he had a dream of, of Kiev and shit going south. Yep. He shows up like so obsessed with chicken Kiev that he writes in chicken Kiev and basically closes the loop on his own worst nightmare.
0: He created the paradox.
3: Yeah. He's the reason if he just would have been relaxed about it and said, it's a fucking dream.
0: You know, if it was George Carlin, he would have been relaxed. (laughs) (laughs) True. Rick Overton.
2: He just too high strung, too high strung. He needed a place for his stuff. That's, that's what the problem Uh, is. my stuff. He went out and <laughs> bought a house, and then he got more stuff.
3: Hey, uh, seven hey everybody,
4: words.
3: is that a watermelon? I'm going to hit that with a mallet. No,
0: that's a different guy. Is it? No. <laughs> yeah, why do you keep saying? Okay.
4: Why do you think that?
2: Different. Enjoy guys. my prop comedy.
3: <laughs> so anybody want to say anything about the guy that's in charge of the resistance? That Rector? I hardly Rector. know her.
2: You Rector, you brought <laughs> her.
3: I feel like, really? Rector? That's just awesome. kind like of... He's like a Mad Max
1: type character.
2: He's yes, like yeah. Mad Max as cosplayed by Dog the Bounty Hunter. Well, I guess
1: in, yes. this, uh, in this universe, he'd be Rad Max, wouldn't
2: he? <laughs> <laughs> in the Bill and Ted universe?
3: Yes, totally. totally.
4: No way Rad Max. Max.
3: <laughs> so he's got like the massive... Uh, uh, just walk away, dudes. <laughs> I kind of... T-
2: <laughs> easy my forgot. dudes we all lost someone we love <laughs> two episodes in a row you're oh my do that. goodness um so describe there, there, are, there aren't mass- enough lord humongous impressions on this That's podcast true.
0: describe uh rector for us please he's got this massive uh
3: like business in the front party,
0: party in the back. the
3: back kind of like quality going on but it's- mullet He's also in full leather, and I don't think he has like any like chrome spikes or anything off the leather. But it's got no. a real super Mad Maxian kind of
2: quality to it. But he's also, I guess, Australian. He's he's an actor in search of an accent.
0: <laughs>
3: yes, what he, is.
2: he. Okay, Rector, so here, when you find an accent, feel free to hop on. Here for the audience, this is what Rector sounds like.
4: Lay low, friend. they got us wired up pretty tight here bogus you talk like that they'll throw you in
3: solitary way yes way
0: Um. so he's from
2: new zealand Boy, or australia oh yeah
3: possibly from great britain
0: new Australia. i
3: don't Aus- know Aus- yeah zealand
0: I,
2: yeah. It, yeah you Aus- know
0: zealand but
3: I, I, zealand. I mean to be fair it's the year 2688, where who knows Ooh, what point. was happening with accent. So are you, are
2: you making the uh, Blade Runner city speak argument that just yeah. everything's so jumbled together? That... Yeah, we don't know. It could be a perfect accent. Right. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> good point.
0: Um. So, yeah, so he, they meet each other in jail. In, in viso jail. In viso yeah. jail. Yes, they're, they're in jail. They're, they're
3: basically in jail
0: and he gets through. So. Out. So, yes, they're hanging out in jail. Um, uh, Rufus is thrown in jail by these, are they robots or are they humans with robot voices?
2: Yeah, I was confused by why, why yeah. the bad guys, like the sort of army guys, were talking like robots. I didn't get, were they supposed to be robots? Were they people? Like,
0: uh, and, and they were hard to understand. And, and Josh, actually, you, you brought up a good. Uh, a good
1: uh, yeah, well, right when uh, Rufus gets arrested by one of the robots. Police? We <laughs> don't know. Uh he he says something and uh, I, I I think I know what he says, but I wanted to get your you guys' take on it.
0: Here, let me let me play it.
2: Gentlemen, what's the problem? Where are the holy
1: ones? Time travels illegal
3: sports shoes. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> Oh, that's a what the fuck is he saying? It
2: sounds right. like he, I I think we have a patented the fuck did you just
1: say? I think this might be because I think he says time travels illegal, sports shoes.
3: Yes. That's what it sounds like, right? Can I hear it again? Yeah. Time travels illegal sports
4: shoes.
2: Mm, right? I think that was their way of saying, even in the future, robots have Tourette's. Sports shoes. He's saying sports shoes. Time I really don't know. Sport shoes. Time right? travels illegal sports yeah. shoes. So, time uh, travels illegal sports shoes. Time travels illegal. Goalpost. Hard <laughs> Vark. Sports shoes. Steak knife. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> another reference that I think we've done on the show a couple of times and Stick never mentioned. No, we don't, from. we're never going to fuck you listeners. That's right. Why do we, why do we call it acts instead of scenes? Fuck you listener. You'll never know. But fuck you listeners. listeners.
3: We don't, yeah. we don't explain nothing. Why, fuck
0: you. That's why. Why do we play U2's one every time we talk about somebody who's dead? You don't need to know. Fuck you listener. Yeah. Oh, and thank you for tuning in.
3: So, did, did we have an answer to this or are we going to just sit here and have to accept that he says sports shoes?
2: Well, what I is, I can't think. Of, is that a joke? Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, if it's if it's supposed to be a joke, it's like. Well, is one. is
2: Rufus? Isn't he like all decked out, and then he's got sneakers? Is that a like a thing? Oh my god, well, maybe. maybe he really is saying sports shoes. No, I. I, I Does I, he have sneakers? I think he might be in like that that super yeah futuristic outfit, and then have sneakers like
0: Chuck Taylors.
3: Yeah,
2: you might be right. You know, my God, he could be saying sports shoes.
0: Is it worth us going back and rewatching the episode to pay closer attention to Rick Overton's feet?
3: (laughs) Are we allowed to do that? I mean, I don't know if we can Uh, go back and I'll just say Scott's right. and Move on. Scott's right. Scott's right. We'll move on. All
2: right. Moving on. There was a bad doll they made of it years ago. Maybe if anybody owns that doll, let us know. A doll of what? No, there was a doll of Rufus, like an actual, like a collectible, you know, doll, an action figure. No, this, this one was like a full on doll. You're like a full on doll. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you.
0: (laughs) What are you talking about? What do you mean? Like a, like for a kid, like, like a baby doll, doll?
3: like a, like a a
2: GI Joe style doll or Ken doll. A
3: Ken doll (laughs) is not an action figure. It's a doll that's Scott's right. right you back off I, I'm, I'm sorry i'm, I'm I just, going
2: to officially declare that action figures only fall in that what is it 5.2 inch category or four four inch maybe so my my penis is an action figure
0: no three it's three is it three and a half inch
2: i don't know i can't measure things
0: well let's measure
2: jeff's penis because he likes talking about it <laughs> Just saying. All right, so they made a Rufus. The, if that's the litmus, then... Yes, there, there is a Rufus that, that looks a little on the deformed side, because it's not quite going for that Todd McFarlane, like the head's a little bit bigger than the body. It very, my it, penis... It actually it very much looks like a Barbie doll. Um, but it's a really? like Rufus. That's
3: odd. My penis has the karate chop uh, action feature.
0: <laughs> I'm glad that you added that, since I'm cutting that out. <laughs> what? I uh, dude, dude, he landed that. Come on, he did. No, that's true. But like the moil, I will cut that part <laughs> of your penis out of this podcast, much like the Bris. <laughs> um. All right. So so Rufus meets this weird Australian guy, and yes. uh, and they they make a plan to break out. After they scarf down some chicken. <laughs> why? <laughs> yes. so he, it's funny because Rector then tells him we're going to bust out of here. Did it, do I sound
2: like him? We're going to yeah. bust out. Yeah. yeah. Here. You're doing probably 2 we good. We'll bust action, out. We'll guarantee it. <laughs> so don't they, they also reference. There's like an ongoing thing. I don't know that we talked did we talk about the, in the nightmare of the polka music? Yeah, we didn't hit on it, but yes. Yeah. In, in Rufus's nightmare at the very beginning, he has this nightmare of uh, Bill and Ted in like you know later hosen and stuff, and they're they're playing accordions and playing polka music. Yeah, but but they reference two other people, and it was like really confusing because I was like, well, do do Bill and Ted is that their bad future that they become polka musicians or why is that highlighted right. in the dream? And then he 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 references two other people as being the the kings of music in the future.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so just, just so that we're clear and I'm going to, I'm going to restate it because I'm still trying to work it out. Chicken Kiev keeps coming up and yeah. the Bill and Ted, instead of being rock and rollers being poker guys that comes up Yeah. in this uh, incorrect future that Rufus accidentally creates because he wrote chicken Kiev on the piece of paper that ended up on the plaque instead of uh, detective Logan. He goes into this scary-ass future. Chicken Kiev is a thing, and polka music is a thing. And there is no Bill and Ted. There's these other two guys, and they're polka guys. Yes. Yeah. And they're not the great ones. They're the just-okay ones.
2: I, I think that seemed to be the implication. Yeah, and it has to be understood that
3: his dream was, was sort of interpretive. Right. But also self-fulfilling.
0: Exactly. So are we saying that rufus can tell the future like he is he making this stuff happen or is he psychic well, in this case or... he's
3: making this happen because he decides he's freaked out about this chicken kiev so much that it's on his mind so much that he actually writes in chicken kiev instead of the of, instead of uh, ted's dad which creates this whole embarrassment right. thing that makes him quit because he can't be called chicken kiev
0: i i understand that so that's a weird paradoxical loop yeah but also in his dream were the two polka guys. Yeah. Who were Bill and Ted, who were Bill and Ted, but then, so in so reality, maybe it's there two other dudes. They're, right. But the, the two other dudes that Rector, I forget who he says. Rector, I hardly know her. You already did that joke. I got to cut it out twice. <laughs> I'm going to do it every time. Um, <laughs> so, so Rector says, yeah, we have, it's, I, we don't I have Bill it. and Ted. We have these other two guys. <laughs> so, you're just going to do it so many times <laughs> he can't possibly ever. <laughs> it's like a watermark. <laughs> <laughs> so the two oh, other yeah. guys are the polka guy versions of the great ones of, of the, you know, the people that their society is based on. The off okay of. ones. Okay. Yeah, the just okay ones. So I guess my point is what the fuck is my point? <laughs> I, I think I have a tenuous grasp on this point. His dream about Chicken Kiev came true because he dreamt about it. Right. Sure. Yes, he, he made it happen. He kind yeah. of, he sort of, because he was thinking about it, it happened, right? Yeah. But also in that dream was the two polka guys. How did he make that happen? What is, what do the polka guys have to do with chicken Kiev? Nothing. No, I mean, I they mean, it happened to be in his was, dream.
3: It was prescient to a certain degree because his dream landed him in the exact right place to make the dream come true. The, oh. the nightmare became true. I mean, he couldn't just randomly have this dream and then randomly go back and then create this incident. It, it had to line up. So he was prescient in a certain. Maybe amount.
2: if he wasn't driving the phone booth everywhere, <laughs> this never would have happened.
4: True. He was driving should, the
2: phone booth with the top down. And you shouldn't do that. That's right. And that is a euphemism, driving the phone booth. Hey, speaking of uh, driving the phone booth. Yeah. Did you guys
1: catch the, uh, the music during the, like, the transitions when he's going through the time circuits to the different uh,
3: time periods? Honestly, I did not even think about they it. Don't I know that it.
2: I did. Dennis, do you have that? I have I have it. Here it goes. Goes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if, if you
3: it sounds like a cutscene to an NES game.
0: <laughs>
3: it does. I was like thinking about it. Right on,
2: brave warrior. <laughs>
3: It's also, I, I mean, was just losing the sound effects and, the, and didn't even think about it, but it totally does. It's also worth pointing out, uh, pointing out that uh, for these scenes where
1: they're flying through the time circuits, those are all taken from the film.
4: Are they? Yeah. Oh.
0: So, if you're not sure what we're talking about, whenever you, the Bill and Ted or Rufus hop into the phone booth and they travel the circuits of time, there's that weird sort of like uh, late '80s lawnmower man quality uh, CGI <laughs> where, mm-hmm. where they're they're flying through you know these tubes or whatever. In the movie, I think it's like awesome rock and roll music, but uh, yeah. in the TV show, it's NES. It's it's um, <laughs> it's uh, Mario uh, jumps on the flag at the end <laughs> no. of the level. And and then if you hit it just right, you can have six
2: fireworks go off. (laughs) It's very Casio. And uh, Josh, good catch on that. I was wondering why uh, Al Leong and uh, Jane Wyland were in the booth and all those shots. Yeah.
4: You you just wanted to say
2: (laughs) Al Leong again. I always want to say Al Leong. (laughs) Okay.
3: I I guess I tried to move us on. Uh, Move on. We deserve to move on. Act four. Later.
2: We don't have a music cue for that. We don't have a music cue for later.
3: (laughs) We should. Later, a guard walks by. (laughs) Later! Neither does meanwhile, but it happens. Later, a guard walks by and gives the air guitar signal of the resistance, signaling Rufus to begin acting like he's got the most odious stomach ache. This calls a guard to lower the force field while the resistance guard knocks him out. They make their way to the phone booth time machine where Rufus jumps in. The guard shoots up the phone booth, but Rufus is able to time travel out of there.
0: All right. So a couple of things here. Um, You had said that the guard who is on Rector's side, he's part of the resistance. He's uh, behind Rector. He's behind Rector. Rector. I hardly know her. Son (laughs) of a bitch. Why why do you get You asked for it. I didn't, though. <laughs> I specifically did not. I told you, do not do that joke anymore. All right, so um, the Resistance Guard is yes. walking behind, comes from, from behind Rector. Gets right in behind Rector. <laughs>
4: Gets,
0: Gets right up, up in behind him. Up in, AKA right. Rad Max. <laughs> AKA Rad Max. For those of you trying to keep track, it's Rad Max. Uh, <laughs> um, Slog the bounty hunter.
3: <laughs> but he there is he, an apparent established like like signal that right. tells you that you're in the resistance and it's the, exactly making an air guitar like
2: right just like bill and ted do which but but came about without bill and ted yeah so well, bill and ted do not exist in this question. universe
0: so how do they know they never do did exist the they never
3: were a thing and yet there's a resistance that they're the polka people of it. yeah it's true it's very like, strange anyways strange
0: they do the, the uh, uh, air guitar signal. And just like in the movie, music plays. You do the air guitar and guitar music plays. Yeah, and you but get like the, the little, you know, <laughs> kind of right. thing that but they it, get, you know, like a Steve Vai or somebody to do. Exactly. A nice little good, cool guitar yeah. lick that, that plays in post or whatever. Um, on the show, though, it's, it's not Steve Vai doing it. It's the guy from Loverboy using his <laughs> guitar. <laughs> Whoever the fuck that guy is here. Here's what it sounds like. What? <laughs> and then Rector does it back, and then Rufus does one. I don't get it. That makes absolutely it's not even no electric guitar. sense to me. Get that cat off the Casio. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
2: Uh, yeah. It sounds like it was an accident. I don't know. <laughs> guitar licks, courtesy of Billy, age seven.
3: <laughs> what well, is the future?
0: So you know,
2: maybe that's what guitars sound like in the future. That's what uh,
3: guitar.
0: We don't know. God,
3: you, know, you
2: don't know. The
0: future sucks. <laughs> And then, to your point, uh, Rufus plays like he's sick. Yes, Here, listen to this. But, but
2: it's an awesome line reading. Yes, yeah, yes.
0: And I think ADR. Yes, it's very Dukes of Hazard ADR. Yes. Here, listen.
1: God, uh, 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 come quick!
4: What's wrong? I'm sick. It is a chicken. <laughs> I'm I'm what's wrong? Come <laughs> yeah, he's he's full
2: lame. on Rich Fulcher there. I'm yeah. sick. <laughs> I my name is King Flippy Nips. I can't unhear it now. I'm I'm sick.
0: Oh, no, I'm sick. What's wrong? I'm sick. This
4: is a chicken. <laughs> I'm dying. See what's wrong? I'll cover you. No, I'm I, so want, I'm sick. I
2: want this rebooted stat with Rich Fulcher as uh as Absolutely.
0: Rufus. He almost says it like he's he's it's. Like backwards masking in a heavy metal. <laughs> it does, you
4: know. A- I'm what's sick. What's wrong? I'm sick. Oh.
2: It was a chicken. I'm Tell me What's
3: wrong? I'll cover you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sick, yeah. that <laughs> I'm, you know,
1: turn I'm me on, dead man. I demand to speak to the robot chef.
3: <laughs> so, when I was, was resistant- in high school,
2: my friends and I thought Eve Arden's name sounded like backwards masking. <laughs> <laughs> Eve Arden. <laughs> The resistant card. Yeah, Leon. Okay.
0: <laughs> <coughs> Rector, I hardly know her. <coughs> You're Rector, brother. Exactly. It was inevitable. It had to happen.
3: May I say? Yes. I'm sick.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sick. I'm sick. Yeah, Leon.
3: You're gonna say alley oop. <laughs> I can't remember that artist that does the reverse.
0: Zim, 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 jump Oh, it's Missy Elliott. Yes. <laughs> you think
2: you think we should lay back, flip it, and reverse it? Is Absolutely.
3: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: You got a rector. Let me search it.
4: <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh. Nice.
3: Got a rector? Let me search, search it. it.
0: Lay down, flip <laughs> <and burst> it, and <laughs> don't, don't reverse it. I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> <Alley-ung>. <laughs> Stop saying Aliyung.
2: <laughs> Never.
3: Act five Rufus is time traveling through the time tubes, but the damaged phone booth might not make it. It arrives on its side and smoking badly outside Nail World. He finds out, though, that he's in 1996, four years from where he needs to be and with a time machine that needs to recharge. Most heinous, I guess. Inside, he finds Ponzi scheming Wall Street suit wearing Bill bossing around people and doing some shady dealings with a cellular phone. Rufus admits that he's the one that messed up the plaque and begs Bill to make up with Ted. But Preston is rich and listens to traditional Bavarian music now. And is not interested at all.
2: Bring back the polka music. So, mad props to Overton for his uh, Star Trek style booth acting um, or acting uh, as Rufus, because well, the yeah. as the uh, the phone booth is flying through time and going haywire, he's doing the same sort of Shatner and and crew kind of you know we're getting attacked and the ship is getting shot acting of like throwing himself all around the booth and. <laughs> It's it's very funny. It Must have been very funny on set to watch. And incidentally, when when they get there, does he faith heal the booth? Well, the booth is laying on its side.
3: Explain explain what you mean. No, no, no. Because you it no, is, no, you yeah, got it. The it booth is, is like
2: laying on its side. And he sort of rather than like pick it up, because at first I thought, well, maybe they're trying to indicate that Rufus has like super strength or something. But he places his hands flat on the side of the booth. And then it sort of rises as he continues to sort of hold his hands on it like he's, you know, laying hands on religiously on the booth. like he's Benny Hinn. Yes, it's very weird. Um, yes, that was that was very strange. And, and the booth is broken because it's been shot. But apparently with the phone booth broken means it needs to recharge. Yeah, that was confusing to me as well.
0: And it was even they even show when the bad guys are shooting at Rufus before he zips out of the future and comes back to the past. They show one of the laser beams hit the antenna that's on the top of the. um, Yeah, on the top of the phone booth. And that's kind of the same thing that happens in the first movie at some point bill and ted are getting attacked by i think it may even be the the mongolians i don't know please don't want to be in the penalty box it's the so oh my god
2: it's either i i want to say it's somebody throws a spear or they shoot an arrow at it and it
0: right it, and it and it and it breaks yeah. the antenna and they go they end all, up patching it with like gum and tin right foil they're all winky wonky yeah. so in this one it apparently sends rufus four years farther into the future and then he like hangs out in 1996 for a little bit the phone booth recharges itself because that was another thing that happened once he gets once he faith heals the phone booth back up to a vertical base (laughs) um he then plugs in a quarter inch uh headphone jack into the the phone booth which then makes a computer lcd screen appear on the front of the phone that says that you're in 1996.
2: It was more sophisticated
0: than we gave it credit for in the 80s. Apparently. And then it also says that the the phone booth needs to recharge. So he lets it recharge, but he never fixes the antenna. No. So why even show that the antenna is broken? I don't get it. No. Just needs to recharge. they, They used a plot point from the movie. Like they added a plot point from the movie in there, but never like saw it through. It's very strange.
3: That is strange and not unsurprising in the least.
2: I guess that's true. Now, I I have to say the the uh, Jeff described him very well as the Ponzi scheme in uh, Wall Street suit wearing Bill is actually probably (laughs) the best acting that this actor does in the episode. And it does give you that moment of like really feeling bad for the actors because you're like, they're not bad. They've just been forced to do this impression and when they're allowed to do this other character, I was watching it, going, "This this kid's not bad. He's pretty good." Yeah. Uh
3: huh. Um, he's on a cellular phone, and they seem to really like highlight yes. the idea that they like
2: the full cellular.
3: Yes, he's he's on a cellular phone, and he's super rich somehow. By I don't know, doing doing some kind of shady dealings related to nail world somehow. But yeah, yeah. they
2: never really clarify that. Do that, like they they talk about him supposedly committing crimes but then when they talk about what he's doing which is he's gonna open a rival hardware store it doesn't seem like he's doing anything wrong yeah and then and then you know rufus
3: comes in it's 96 the last time he saw the boys was in 92 so it's been four years you know in this timeline where these guys haven't seen rufus this whole time and he shows up and they're just, like, kind of, like, rolling with it.
2: They don't really seem yeah, to give a Yeah, they don't shit. really care.
4: Yeah.
2: Hey, so, that, not to jump ahead, but that, that will continue later on with Ted. We'll have that same reaction. Here, I have it. Dude, it's me, Rufus. I know who you are. I just don't care. Nor do I have the time. Well, you have to make the time, my yuppified friend, because the timelines have been altered by your separation from Ted.
0: Yeah, he doesn't care. I know who you are. I know who you are. I just don't care. I'm a different character now. Four
3: years have passed and I have no interest in you whatsoever. I mean, you know that he's a time traveler. At the very least, you would be like, sort of like, oh, yeah, that's is... Yeah.
0: Hey, if let me let me tell you something. If Bill was really like a a cutthroat businessman, kind of a bad yeah, jerky he'd guy. He'd very much
3: care about a guy who can time travel.
2: Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs>
0: "Oh, Rufus, I totally forgot about you. Hey, buddy, let me borrow that time machine." So, he's
2: also supposed to be uh Bill supposed to be the up-and-comer in the hardware business. <laughs> he, he even has a line and I I hope it was intentionally meant to be funny. Um, because it is funny where he's, he's a regional manager of a hardware store. And he talks about, uh, how they're doing an article on him in fortune magazine. <laughs> like, really? They're writing about a regional manager. It's probably in the back of the magazine. Yes, exactly. When bill gets in his car, he puts in a CD of polka music. So polka music is already popular. Like yeah, I thought that was begun. something that came later. It's, oh, so it's so already begun. That
4: thread
0: so is confusing. so confusing. That thread is, is, confusing. is really confusing. weird. Like I said, I get the chicken Kiev thing. It was a self-fulfilling paradox. The polka music is associated with that somehow. We're not sure how, but because the chicken Kiev thing kicked off, the polka music thing invades the the rest of the world. And I don't understand why. And they don't really pay it off. There's no no other big payoff with that. I mean, well, there's no real big payoff with anything in this episode <laughs> yeah. of TV. Well, but- and,
2: and that's if you go all the way back to Rufus's Nightmare, that's what I thought. Like, I thought that was going to be a key element that Bill and Ted, you know, lost their way and became polka musicians. And then that just never pays off.
0: By the way, I think Rufus's Nightmare is an awesome name for a metal band. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's Jim Martin's side project. Oh, my God. <laughs> Their first album name is Al Leong
4: No <laughs> god damn it Why <laughs> Why do you keep bringing Al Leong back? back <laughs> is am your own... opening for Rector I hardly no. know her
3: damn, it. damn he's owning this Good luck uh,
0: <sighs> Editing is going to be so fun Alright act six Act six meanwhile Oh shit hang on a second yeah. let me do it I'm Moving on in a CD Oh,
4: oh no <laughs>
3: So confused. Does the seedy alley die? I'm
0: confused. Start again. Act six. <laughs> Act six. Meanwhile, <laughs> oh, shit. no. God damn it. Forget it. Just go.
4: <laughs> Are, <laughs> Are you geez, seriously, man, What? <laughs>
0: Just go. That was
3: fucking killing me. Anyway, uh, in a seedy alley, Ted attempts to sell. Here, do it, it again. Do it again.
0: Do it again. What? Do it again. Do it again. Meanwhile. Deep throat. Wait, wait what? <laughs> it's a callback to the first episode?
3: I'm gay. <laughs> anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get us into the seedy alley where Ted attempts to... <laughs> okay, go. Go. I don't know how to. Ted of Bill and Ted yeah. is attempting to sell... Marijuana. Oh, dear. And <laughs> ends sure up getting arrested <laughs> by an undercover agent. He gives the cop a sad story and gets out of it with a bribe, which turns out to be a sting operation by Detective Logan himself, an undercover internal agent.
0: Internal affairs agent.
3: Internal affairs agent. Um. Outrageous! <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not going to give you a second shot at that. That's what we're keeping in the show. All right. So. Okay, fine. Whatever. So in the last scene, we end it with Bill saying Ted is a low life loser and uh, I don't need to be his friend anymore. So yeah. F you Rufus. And then we cut. Yeah, so to, we're sort
3: of led to believe that he's a scummy drug dealing bastard. in, in a, right. and, and it turns out. No, no, no. He's a low life because he's a cop. Crisscross,
0: cross <laughs> i thought so i thought it would be funny if they kept so here here's what happens uh, a guy tries to buy marijuana from ted turns out yeah. that guy's a cop ted says hey man let me go i'll give you a 100 bucks the cop takes the 100 bucks turns out ted's internal affairs i would love yeah. to see it keep cop flopping like, <laughs> like something happens and then the guy, then the, the guy's like oh just kidding i'm <laughs> fbi and then arrest ted and then Ted goes, "But I'm CIA, dude. You just yeah. cop flop me. Let's get cop floppy." <laughs> I was hoping it was going to go that way, but um, cop flop. As it turns out, that was not funny, and, and it didn't. So that it would not. have been
2: funny if that was just the rest <laughs> of the episode. They just kept cop flopping, <laughs> flopping back and forth. Um, cop
1: flop and- was the review of that show, Cop Rock.
2: <laughs> cop Rock, <laughs> exactly. cop
0: flop. Who did? Was that Bochco?
2: Oh, um Produced okay. by Elliot
0: god damn it <laughs> um so ted in this reality is undercover looking like uh, a, a scumbag uh who hangs out in alleyways and sells marijuana but what he really looks like is he looks like christian bale you know like when he loses a bunch of weight for a role yeah but like if christian bale lost weight and the ability to act <laughs> <laughs> and gain the ability to smoke Oh, he does smoke as, 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 as uh, alternate universe, yes. bad uh, Ted, he smokes every scene as bad folks are want to do. And
3: he's wearing like a bandana on his hair, right?
0: Yes. Which, which led me to believe that, you know, is he balding? Is that why he's wearing the bandana? And that's why he has the door of the Explorer wig <laughs> in the other scenes. Like, is this actor have hair? <laughs> yes. I,
2: I, not when huh. I looked him up, he, he looked like he had hair. So. All right. He plays good cop, bogus cop.
4: (laughs) 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 God damn it, Parker.
2: Swooping in for the win. Uh, Out of the shadows.
0: Out of the shadows. All right. So we find out that he's actually an awesome undercover internal affairs agent. He's not a a scumbag that like Bill said. Well, do we?
3: Because in act seven later
0: back at the precinct.
3: The chief rips into Logan for setting up a good cop who happened to be down on his luck, but Logan is busting for a bureau appointment and ain't nothing gonna stand in his way, damn it. So Rufus comes in to try to talk to Ted into being friends with Bill again, but Logan shuts him down. His life Billigan? is real
0: now, and Billigan. the Wild Stallions was just a dream. So t- totally unlike the Ted that we know and love, this guy is a, um, a motivated uh, Guy (laughs) (laughs) who wants uh, to—he's a good work guy. Yes,
3: all of the things words he says are true. Words—he's a loose cannon,
2: but uh, he gets results.
0: Logan, I want your badge and my your gun on my desk. (laughs) Um and then yes Rufus comes in and once again Ted really doesn't <laughs> yeah, they, care. They don't blink right? twice
2: at Rufus.
0: When did they see him last? Exactly. Years ago, but apparently it doesn't matter. Four years? It's
2: been 4 years. Here here
0: here's what it sounds like.
2: What do you want, Rufus? I got my own problems here. Dude, we need to talk. Well, if it's about Bill Preston, I'm not interested. I got my own career to think about. Yes, like bigger fish?
0: Nah, uh, I, I got my own career to figure out. Yeah.
2: What I amused
3: You're about? Fish. Yeah, I got he's bigger fish to fry. character, hey, Rufus, alternate, alternate. Sorry, alternate. Hey, Rufus.
4: I got bigger fish to fry. I don't care about Rufus. I'm
0: gonna land myself. And don't you fucker! I knew you were gonna say Al
3: God damn it! We're never gonna get through this. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's normal. I'm just. I'm. I guess I'm. I'm just saying what a listener is thinking of right now. <laughs>
1: By the way, if you are still listening, thank you. We appreciate it.
0: No, we we do appreciate
2: yep, it. Absolutely,
3: <laughs> bless your hearts, bless your hearts. They're guys. thinking
2: Ali Leong. Huh? Nobody's thinking Al Leong. I'm gonna I'm gonna IMDb him. Yeah, I might.
3: I I thought it was funny that uh, the the character is Ted is in you know gunning for the FBI. And Point Brank came out in 1991. So they're kind of. Oh, my God. That's funny. I didn't even
2: think about that.
3: They're riffing off of like, you know, him basically being in the FBI, like
2: the the actor. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even make that connection. Wow. So so the show
0: did something right. Yeah. But it didn't land. I didn't catch it. Only only one of the four of us caught it. So did they do it right?
3: Oh, well, maybe if they if this became like the massive, huge, successful show that they'd hoped it would, maybe.
2: Well, they also use this scene to establish that uh, Ted's dad retired because people laughed at him, which I guess. Is, right.
0: So, OK, so Rufus comes in and that's says cause for retirement. Right. I, it doesn't make any sense. Rufus comes in and said, I was the reason why. And he points to the plaque on the wall that four years earlier got screwed up. it was my fault. I'm the one that printed chicken Kiev on this plaque. And it was like, there was a whole bunch of plaques on the wall
2: for whatever reason.
0: And that one, he kept on there as a reminder, not to trust anybody and rely on anybody. (laughs) Well,
3: also that Rufus comes in and he's like aware that there was blame on both sides, but that was never like, how did he make that assumption that he immediately goes into Ted and says, I'm the one that did it and you need to make up with Bill. Yeah. Don't they blame really... Bill. Yeah. And then he says the same thing with Bill. And I was like, how did he establish that that was a thing like that? They were blaming each other already. It sort of instinctively knew that when he came into this time period,
0: maybe that scene got cut. Maybe so where they explain that, but yeah, that's a good point. Rufus knows that it was all his fault. All he really needs to do is go use the time machine to go back in time and fix it. But whatever reason he's exploring, you know, the, These two characters in 1996, these two alternate versions of Bill and Ted. But why does he need to do that?
3: Well, he's just killing time, I guess, because he's waiting for the time machine to like recharge. That's a really
2: good point. It's like all Rufus needs to do is just go back in time and like not, you know, stop himself from doing that thing. And it's all fixed. Right. So he could be killing time by hanging out in the booth. He just thinks it's funny.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's well, nothing he, to do. He's got to yeah. wait for
2: the time machine to. Well, he like, goes back to fixed. that weird nondescript room that we don't know if it's in the future or not. And lays down oh. on that, like, black square bed <laughs> that he has.
0: <laughs> and dreams about Chicken Kiev and uh, his friends wearing book outfits. But what, what no. if
1: somebody like, like some random person just walked into the phone booth and dialed a random number thinking it was a phone booth and ended up, like, being, you know, traveling through time?
0: That's a, <laughs> listening to NES music yeah. as they go from one point in history to the next. God damn it. Parker's <laughs> spoiler like, alert. That's, oh, that's sorry. like the whole plot of four.
1: Oh, that's right. Oh shit. Uh, who, who's in that Scott? Al Leon.
2: There you go.
0: God damn it.
2: <laughs> L. Leon director. And and your- it's a buddy comedy. I'm ready to say <laughs> act eight at any time now.
0: Um, hey, before we move on, just wanted to point out, they're having this whole scene in Ted's office and on Ted's desk is a bust yeah. of none other than Abraham
2: Lincoln. My, see, my theory is that Ted can tilt that back, and there's a button in it that he presses that exposes the poles that he slides down to become Spider-Man. So it all makes sense. Oh, that's, All right. That's why did you want of...
0: to see him expose the pole? You're <laughs> <He's> very <laughs> weird, man. By the yeah. way, it's Batman, not Spider-Man. Why did you say Spider-Man?
2: Well, no, Spider-Man because have a Br- Bruce Wayne has the bust of Shakespeare that has the button. So logically, Ted would have to be somebody else. Why could why does he have to be? So sp- he's going to slide down the pole. Hang on a 2nd We're now
3: inside the mind of Scott Berklin.
0: Why does he ha- No, if we were really inside the mind of Scott Berklin?
2: It wouldn't be Spider-Man that he turns into. It would be. It would turn into Al, Al Leon. Thank you. It's it, inside my mind is just a symbol monkey banging the symbols and going "Alien, Alien, Alien." Ah,
0: uh, at the end of the scene, at the very end of the scene, uh, Rufus looks at his Apple Watch because he has one of those for some reason, yes. and uh, it says, "Well, it's a hey. future." Well, that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, the Apple Watch says the phone booth is fully charged, and at that point, he goes back to the booth. Jeff, say your thing. Act eight. Rufus
3: returns to the now fully charged phone booth time machine, where he uses it to travel back to 1992 and fix the error of the plaque. Nope. What? He doesn't. Why not? I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, he uses the <laughs> time machine to make an anonymous phone call to the police station to set up bill. That makes sense.
2: That's a lot more. Uh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, it, I was going to say, in doing the phone call, Because, you know, I guess in in Overton's mind, he's like, well, you know, I'm doing this anonymous phone call. So I got to be. It's the most Carlin I think he sounds like the entire time. He changes his voice. He changes. his. I don't know. He calls the police on Bill because
0: they don't want to know that it's Rufus.
3: But he's from the future. How are they going to know his voice? (laughs) I know that's what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: Whether he's from the future, the present or the past. How would yeah. the guy answering the phone at the police station know who the fuck Rufus was? Wait a second, Rufus, is this <laughs> <Exactly>. you? <laughs> Does he call the police station all the time? Maybe that's what it is. Rufus is no, constantly Rufus,
2: calling. Rufus, police- my refrigerator is not running. <laughs> Here, let me let me play uh, him calling. San Davis Police Station.
4: Hello, San Dimas Police. I'd like
2: to make an anonymous tip for the most heinous white-collar crime. Rufus, is that you? I'd you like to report me. seven words, shit, piss, fuck, on, cocky, sucker, and, and motherfucker, and tits.
1: I'd like to report a chicken Kiev murder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh,
2: well, Hello, police. This is
0: our Leong. No, okay. <laughs> All right. Of course it is. Really got a problem.
3: Um, so the time machine just needs to be charged and it somehow auto fixes its broken antenna from Yeah, the,
2: that's that's what happens with damage you just need to recharge.
4: Okay. What?
2: Right. Okay. We don't know. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> may I
3: may I introduce you to Act 9? You Ooh. may. Back at the precinct, the chief lands Logan, the big fish he's been waiting for. White collar crime <laughs> committed by Bill S Preston. Logan's going to catch this creep by getting him to admit his crimes on tape. Whoa.
2: But what crime? I white keep collar going crime. back to it, but what is he doing? All he's is doing it, is, is starting a rival hardware company. Isn't that's white it? collar.
0: Is it a crime? Is it a crime to be the youngest regional manager <laughs> in nail world history? I think not.
2: <laughs> Please. May I see the containment facility? <laughs>
3: <laughs> if I may. Act 10. Back in 1992, San Dimas, outside Nail World, Rufus arrives and runs into Bill and Ted, where he leads them into the store to fix the error on the plaque. Nope. What? He doesn't?
4: Mm-mm, no.
3: Why not? No. Okay. Uh, Rufus <laughs> takes Bill and Ted in the phone booth time machine back to 1996, San
2: Dimas. That makes sense. So what is he trying to do? Why, why is he doing this? He's I, he's treating Bill and Ted like they're puppies like he's going to take them back and kind of rub their nose in the pee and go no 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 bad don't do that and he could just hop in the booth and just fix it all him this is all his fault this is really all rufus's fault i know i don't really understand
0: dudes you have to come back and see how i
2: fuck stuff up <laughs> that's right <laughs> watch my routine on my stuff <laughs> that's i'm doing the world's worst george carlin but that's what that was. I thought you were doing an Al Leung impression this whole time. <laughs> well, to be fair,
3: you're doing a better George Carlin than George Carlin is doing right now.
2: Ooh. I'll build a glass case to put my candy bars in. All right. <laughs> and then I'll go out and get more candy bars. Oh, my God. This is really this is good how movie. I imagine Al Leung would sound. Devolving.
3: Uh, <laughs> without further ado, Act 11. Back in 1996, San Dimas, inside Pasponi's Restaurant... Logan works to get Preston to confess to white-collar crimes, Whatever and Bill and Ted arrive to discover <laughs> the douches they have become. They apologize to each other and vow never to stop being friends.
2: Now, I think uh, uh, Parker and I had talked a little bit about this, but this and this is not the first time it happens in the episode, but this set is like something out of Samurai Cop. Like, it yeah. looks like mm. something you'd see in an MST movie. <laughs> like, I think it's supposed to be
1: a like a fancy, uh, you know, expensive restaurant but it looks like a an olive garden or
3: or even not even that <laughs> no not, not even, even olive garden. not even close to an olive garden
2: and this is i think also the close out of the chicken kiev joke with both of them ordering chicken kiev at the top of the scene so somebody in the writer's room thinks chicken kiev is wicked ass funny so it, did here, al, wait, wait wait
0: who was ahead. the waiter was was al leung the waiter in this scene <laughs> I think we're lapping ourselves on this joke
2: <laughs> i so i i will say that the whole time that this is going on uh ted is wearing a wire to, to record right. what bill is saying and it's playing to an uh like a cop van outside and they're recording it on a reel to reel recorder yeah and this is like the 90s like you know i know they're not going to necessarily be like going straight to mp3s or anything but like why are you why are you recording on a reel-to-reel recorder other than you know the audience looks at that and they go oh that's like hard-boiled detective they're recording yeah. on a reel pretty much yeah
0: no if it was 96 it should have been a mini disc player i
4: think
2: <laughs> sony exactly. mini disc sony mini disc the uh so this is also um uh, to stretch the acting chops of these actors. This is when Bill and Ted get to talk to Bill and Ted.
4: Um, Cause oh, yeah. future
2: Bill and Ted uh, get confronted by past Bill and Ted. Cause Rufus brings them back and way, the lighting is way off on the, the two <laughs> sets of Bill and Ted. Yeah. <laughs> Not only is the,
0: uh, the set design really, really shitty, but they did absolutely no favors with the cinematography in this scene. No.
2: And it's also set to a very uh, heavy-duty Miami Vice uh, guitar solo. <laughs> the entire scene, so Which just I to let yes. you know that this is at, at its core a cop drama.
0: Right. The only time they had a uh, an awesome uh, guitar <laughs> lick,
2: <laughs> exactly when they were doing it, well, the maybe maybe riff. the sound guy just like they labeled things wrong. Oh, that could be. And this was supposed to be the uh, the weird keyboard trill. And he confused it with a solo that was supposed to be happening when they were miming their guitar play. I'm actually, you know, like really impressed that the Bill and Ted of the past
3: go to this alternate scene, see that they're douchebags in the future, and then apologize to each other, having (laughs) not themselves actually done any of the things that they're seeing. But I kind of thought. This is like really magnanimous of them. Like they're like really special <laughs> yeah. people. They're like, I'm sorry, I'm such a dick. And they're like, I didn't not not once. Do they just stop and go? I didn't do any yeah. of the things. That, <laughs> like at what point do they yeah.
2: turn to Rufus and go, dude, what the fuck? Not at all. Like, they we just, didn't do they, this.
3: They just accept that they were jerks and they apologize for it. The end. They don't get into any of yeah. the whys or anything. And I just think these guys maybe really should form a future society that at their core they're good people they're just
0: good people that is actually very funny that's that's i did not think that was funny at the time that's very funny in (laughs) retrospect and plus like and and fucking rufus is is you know dummying up the whole time like he could have said well no you guys didn't do it it was because i fucked up the plaque don't worry about it you're not going to turn into these guys on your own but no, they just own it. They, they just go. They do. Because I totally. couldn't
2: find a plaque for my stuff.
0: Oh, jeez. <laughs> and whose name was on that plaque?
3: Al <laughs> Uh, I'm going to kill myself. Act 12. <laughs> they go back to Nail World and correct the error on the plaque. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. Finally. There
2: we go. Okay. All right. Oh, That's what happened. That actually, good goddamn time.
0: That could have happened three scenes, four scenes earlier, (laughs) but it did not.
3: Okay. So act 13, Rufus takes Bill and Ted to 2688 to visit the three most important people in the world. A line of citizens come out and air guitars at Bill and Ted. And one of the most important people (laughs) gives Rufus shit for overreacting to his premonition. And we freeze frame on Bill and Ted laughing and Rufus smiling wearily.
2: So seriously, what was the point of this scene? (laughs) Like do they? And, and I don't of course, know. we'll we'll never know because we'll never watch another no. episode. But no. I, I I was like, do they do it after every episode? Well, I suppose you haven't seen the great ones in a day or two, so let's go see them. The so this this scene also starts with the three great ones, and then throughout the course of the scene, what I assume are maybe I don't know if it's supposed to be all the citizens of the future or just the important ones, just the ones that walk were in. So they, there are more people in the scene by the end and it looks like they're going to launch into a show choir number at some point they're all dressed
0: the same but in different colors yes like the the cut of their what did you say it looked like uh josh
1: they almost look kind of like just like generic medieval peasant costumes or something but but like colored but like like, like, you know like red blue green
0: like a like a uh 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 Community theater uh, version of, of medieval costumes.
2: Yeah. I wonder if there was like some kind of hierarchy so that they came up with in the show Bible that's like, he's got the blue tights. He, he oversees water and power in the future. <laughs> like Star Trek? I would hope yeah. So. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's like the, the shirt. Uh, you wear red.
0: You're you're in engineering. Um, Blue, that means you're medical and science. Am I getting that right? Green, Jeff? you're Al Leong. God damn
3: it. As long as you're not a dick about it, you're probably <laughs> going to be okay.
0: I know. Um, well, there you go. That was uh, one episode of Bill and Ted. <laughs> that was one adventure in the long line of adventures that Bill and Ted took and on kids, television if, if you want
2: to learn more about Al Leong, please visit your local <laughs> public library. God damn it.
0: Uh, before we, before <laughs> we uh,
1: leave this episode, we should all recommend a good Al Leong film. <laughs> I mean, they're all good. Don't get me wrong. Uh,
2: I'm going to say the abyss. I'm going to say the abyss because you know what? He he always ends up playing the the villain, and he's a good guy in the abyss. And so that's my favorite. Outcome. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. What do you got, Jeff?
3: I will I will say uh,
0: Big Trouble in Little China is mine. That's a good one. I'm going to go with uh, he had a very very small part in it, but uh, it's a great movie. John Carpenter's They Live. Oh, that's a good one. oh yes, but, yeah. he's, he's in it for a split second, and you mostly see his silhouette. But you automatically know it's fucking him. Like ah, that's that guy. He's in every movie, and you just kind of see him like backlit. Al Young. What about you, Josh? Uh,
1: uh Tango and Cash
2: for sure. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, nice. I think nice. that's that's, that's what I
1: noticed. Like he's got that that epic hair, right? It's just like all it does. <laughs>
2: it's all there. <laughs> and the, the mustache is badass. All and the mustache, yes. Yeah.
0: He's got the hair, he's got the mustache, the receding hairline. I mean, you know,
2: and he, he does like martial arts stuff and he shoots stuff. And and I love that we're closing out this episode of Bill and Ted with an actor that is not <laughs> in this episode of Bill and Ted. Not even Yeah, well, And, being and, in and this we didn't episode.
0: even and we we should have said I think we can all uh, agree that uh, one of his best roles is Genghis Khan. Yeah, in,
2: yes. Bill and Ted and which excellent which adventure. yielded, I think, maybe the best line in the franchise with one, a Twinkie Genghis Khan <laughs> later followed up by he enjoys Twinkies because of the excellent sugar rush.
0: Oh, cripes. So there it is. That is Bill and Ted's excellent adventures. It's a totally wonderful life. Wait a second. We never talked about this. Is that a take on it's a wonderful life? Like, what if yes. what if I was never born or what if i died i
2: assume because of what yeah because they're well that doesn't track that's not bill and ted had been douchebags because of something rufus did is that was like what happened to george bailey like he mm, was a douchebag because rufus 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 did uh, i don't know gave sam the bartender chicken kiev or i don't know (laughs) if they would kill themselves uh or attempt to kill themselves and
3: an angel had to step in and Keep them from killing themselves, then we might have had something. And in. a
2: happy new year to you too, Ally in jail. <laughs> now run along home. They're waiting for you.
3: <laughs> I thought you were going to do your
2: other favorite
3: quote from It's a Wonderful Life.
4: Merry Christmas, Ally the- Young. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, you wonderful little Ally Young.
2: No, from the bartender. Oh, all right. Out you two, Ally Youngs, go. True to door or true to window?
4: No, no,
0: the
2: other one.
4: No, that was... Hot dog, Al Leong! Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) Oh, editing is going to be so much fun on this one. It really is. All right, so um, let's move on to next week. We have Jeff, your choice. Well, I had a show in mind, but
3: during this podcast, I feel like I've been inspired to you know, maybe change it up a bit, if you don't mind. Go. No, go um, for
0: whatever. It's your choice. You get to I'm, choose whatever.
3: I'm going, and I don't know what it is yet. It's going to be a surprise, but it's it's going to feature stuntman and actor Al Young. <laughs> Somehow. It'll be a TV show with with him. And well, in in maybe not feature. <laughs> maybe that's a strong phrase. Feature. Perhaps not <laughs> featuring him. Although in our hearts he'll be featured,
0: but but he'll be in it. Perhaps in a scene. He'll be, he'll be in it in some, in some capacity. That's fucking brilliant. Okay. All right. I'm glad you changed it up. So you, you're going to find something that he did on TV. I will. And then okay. and we will. And that'll be our thing for next week. Oh, my God. That's awesome. So, so it's kind of like Joker's Wild here. It could be anything. It could be. That's right. Well, how many if half you, hour? Ah, oh fuck. How many? could
2: be. Well, wait, wait, wait. How many half hour sitcoms has he done? Just, just like a, a a quick breeze through Simon and Simon, a team. T.J. Hooker, real hour time, long. The fall guy. Yeah, dude,
0: that's our all hour long. See, he's
2: only. It's gonna be hour uh... long.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Magnum PI, Knight Rider, right. Heart to Heart. So many. Choices. So we've got greatest some American hero. All oh, right, crap. but it's all on. Okay, so Jeff,
0: it's on you. All right, you got to find it. I will. It would be nice if it was a half hour show, but if it's a full hour, like all of the things that Scott just listed, whatever. <laughs> um, and uh, and that's what we're going to do. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys once again for listening. And um, good night, everybody.
1: Party off, dudes.
3: Party off.
2: Be excellent to each other and Alley <laughs> Oh, jeez. One of the writer's mothers was attacked by a, a chicken Kiev before they were born.
4: It
0: could
2: be. Oh. Also, edit that out, Dennis. Done. <laughs> <laughs> In real time, please. I'm editing it out before we. we I hit save. <laughs>